Since 1955, the College Board's Advanced Placement Program has been delivering excellence in education to millions of students worldwide through over 18,000 AP programs. And in each of those AP programs, we find the AP Coordinator. So, what makes a good AP coordinator? Well, I believe the best AP coordinators are dedicated, motivated, and of course, coordinated. I'm Derek Kometa, and this is Coordinated. Thanks for joining us for a series of interviews with experienced and incredibly talented AP coordinators. This school year, more than just about any in recent history, presents some unique and unprecedented times for schools and AP programs. Perhaps, perhaps there is no better time to share our collective voices and perspectives. Period one, dedicated. Wearing multiple hats. Well, that can be tricky. I mean, can one really wear multiple hats at the same time? Or do you spend all day taking them off and on, on and off? Either way, it's pretty clear that not everyone can do it. Multitasking, juggling several different timelines and projects simultaneously, staying focused on the big picture while managing the smallest little details, it's not for everyone. In education, at the high school level, those who can do it, well, I believe they stand out in a crowd. Two who stand very tall, two of the best AP coordinators and testing coordinators around, David Cheehy from Boise, Idaho, and Karen Mayton from Waco in Central Texas. David Cheehy, Karen Mayton, welcome to Coordinated. Thank you for the opportunity, Derek. Uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Same here, Derek. Thanks for having me here today, and I am so excited for our conversation. Well, thank you both for making the time. Uh, I'm guessing that when you are in charge of all testing, time is precious. So I appreciate you putting on your coordinated hat for a few minutes. Uh, David, let's start with uh, a little background. You are at Boise High School. Yeah, well, uh, so I, I grew up and lived primarily in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I graduated high school in a very small rural part of uh, southeastern Washington State. And in fact, I had 25 in my senior class. <laughs> so, <laughs> 25? So, 25. Uh, suffice to wow. say, we did not have any AP courses or uh, very little to no college uh, or uh, advising or counseling services. So that's probably part of why I ended up in this business for sure. Uh, after university, uh, I moved to Boise and started my career as a math teacher uh, at a Catholic high school and spent 12 years in that position. Um, I really like Boise. Uh, it's very nice, uh, kind of a growing city for sure. And particularly if you like outdoor recreation, uh, this is my 31st or 32nd year living here. So pretty much home. Wow. And so you started as a math teacher, and now 
you are a, a counselor and, of course, the testing coordinator. Right. Uh, so I got my master's in school counseling. Uh, I also have my LPC. So I'm a licensed professional counselor uh, to, in theory, uh, maybe open a private practice someday. Who knows? Uh, but uh, I started uh, as a counselor for four years at a junior high. And then this is my 17th year at Boise High. Uh, 13 of those were as the academic, personal, social department chair, all the uh, typical counseling, counseling duties of the large caseload. And the last four, uh, I've been in a more narrow role uh, as the college and career counselor, uh, but all 17 of those years at Boise being AP coordinator. David, we, we've known each other and been friends for like the better part of a decade now. And I guess I never realized that it's actually been 17 years for you as the AP coordinator. That's amazing. How did uh, how did you become the AP coordinator at your school? Were you uh, were you voluntold like I was? Uh, can you can you actually remember back that far? Well, all I know is that uh, for sure I replaced a counselor who was uh, retiring, and at that point the AP coordinator position was a three year commitment rotation among the counseling staff. And uh, rumor had it that that was one of the reasons that she was probably heading out the door because it was uh, her time again. And, uh, I like to think that I inherited uh, and gifted uh, was gifted this position. And, uh, you know, I just jumped in uh, full bore and I really enjoyed the first spring for sure. And I, I was lucky I had uh, other support mentor uh, colleagues to help me through. And I think it was the following summer that I first uh, went to an, an AP annual conference just to get more training and, and eventually kind of ironically ended up uh, presenting and sharing ideas for sure down the road. But uh, somehow that three-year commitment uh, kind of went by the wayside, and uh, I've really enjoyed this position for this many years. Wow, you liked the uh, the role of AP coordinator so much, you just you couldn't let it go after That's the right. three-year cycle. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, David. Karen, I think it's time to learn a little more about Karen Mayton. Well, Derek, if you can't tell by my accent... Uh, I was born and raised <laughs> in Texas, uh, and yes, I do own cowboy boots and a cowboy hat, uh, so that's one of my hats that I do wear. Um, I actually grew up in a neighboring, neighboring suburb about eight minutes from here. I did leave town and go off to uh, East Texas to college, but then I found myself coming back. Our family was here, and so um, that's been amazing, and I've been here ever since. But I would probably say my main hat that I wear is a baseball hat. Um, both of my boys <laughs> are, are well-traveled uh, for baseball. So we have traveled to other cities, far and wide states, and we've been out of the country for my oldest to play baseball. And Karen, correct me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you wore a different hat when you started your career in education because you were also a math teacher. You are correct, Derek. Yes. So I actually used to practice teaching as a child. I, I had all my stuffed <laughs> animals lined up. I was teaching them. Uh, so I guess I was destined to be in education from uh, an early age. And so uh, I went to school and had a math degree, started teaching. I've taught high school math for eight years, anywhere from Algebra 1 all the way to AP Calculus. So I've been the AP teacher on the flip side of that and for those AP exams. Then one day I decided I should go back to school and get my 
administration degree. I wanted to be administrator, work with te- work with teachers instead, and so I find myself as an administrator at a middle school. But that, of course, entailed another hat as the testing coordinator if you're going to be an administrator at the school. So one year of that experience, I was actually approached at the district level, and I became the district testing coordinator in charge of all testing for the entire district as well as accountability. Wow. That's that's quite a that's quite a journey, but that that journey just recently took a, another. Uh, which what's the word I'm looking for? It took off in another direction because you you had an exciting change in your career path since you were the AP coordinator working at that district, and I I can't wait to talk more about that. Yes. Yeah, so despite the challenging times that we're facing in 2020, I made a career shift. It's still in education, but now. Um, Instead of being at one district, I'm now at a regional service center. So I support all districts in that region for all testing, uh, accountability, data analysis, high school graduation requirements, and of course, AAP coordinators. Of course. All right. And speaking of AAP coordinators, everyone, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to dive into Karen's new role a little bit deeper. But now, a word from one of our favorite resources for AP coordinators, the AP Coordinator Community. Hi, AP Coordinators. I'm Carrie Larison. And I'm Carrie Franz. We moderate the AP Coordinator Community. This is a free online platform that connects over 6,000 AP Coordinators from around the world. One of the primary uses for the community is to host coordinator-related conversation and collaboration. Many coordinators feel all alone at their schools and do not share the role or have an assistant. Right, and the opportunity to engage with other AP coordinators, especially around best practices, is so helpful. Plus, I like to validate that what I'm doing is correct or that I haven't missed any important tasks. New coordinators learn a lot just by seeing what is asked and answered, and even experienced coordinators have been learning a lot of new things these past few years. Yeah, here's a good example. Recently, there was a collaborative exchange between experienced coordinators. The topic? How often everyone submits updates to their AP exam orders and AP registration and ordering. I thought this was an excellent discussion. Some coordinators do this every time they make an update, and others less often. It was great to see all the thoughtful comments and suggestions from our peers because there ended up being really good reasons for each option. In this case, there's more than one right way to get the job done. By now, you may be wondering, how do we access this community? Just go to apcommunity.collegeboard.org to get started and request your free membership. Again, that's apcommunity.collegeboard.org. And once you're in, you can choose a setting that allows you to receive a daily digest of all activity. This is so convenient since it's sent directly to my school email address. And this year, more than ever, we think it's important to be part of the AP Coordinator community. Together, we'll continue to find the best ways to support AP programs at our schools. Thanks, everyone. We look forward to coordinating with you. Period two. Motivated. All right, Karen. So let's get into this. You were an AP Coordinator and a testing coordinator at your former school, and you actually supported your entire district as a testing coordinator. 
That's right, Derek. I was at Midway ISD. It's in Central Texas. There's roughly about 8,400 students in enrollment from kindergarten through 12th grade. We do only have one high school, though. So in Texas, that's not extremely large, but the one high school uh, had about 2,400 students in the one building. So all testing, and I was over it all. And evidently, you did it so well that a, a new opportunity presented itself. And we, we talked about it a little bit before the break, but let's talk more. So tell us, tell us what's going on these days. So that's right, Derek. So now I am the coordinator of testing and accountability at Region 12. For education in Texas, uh, the state's actually broken up into 20 regions um, because of the span of the state. And so I um, am over Region 12. Uh, So this really means that I help support districts and their staff in all things testing from screeners, statewide assessment to college readiness assessments, of course, AP testing. Uh, I assist in data analysis and accountability. Um, I love meeting with teachers and counselors and principals and coordinators and superintendents, of course. And then lastly, I guide districts in regards to high school graduation requirements for in order for everyone to get a Texas high school diploma. Okay, I know that they say everything is big in Texas, but your job, all that you are responsible for, oh my gosh, it's really big, even, even for Texas, I think. It is quite a bit, but I would not change it for the world. I absolutely love my job, and I love all the many hats. Every day is a new day, uh, and providing all that extra support, working with everyone, especially in AP. And David, my geography is not so good, but I know Idaho is not quite as big as Texas. Now, that said, your AP program is by no means small. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's the largest in the entire state. Please tell us more about Boise High School. Well, uh, we are a grade 10 through 12 building, and there's over 1,600 students there. Uh, What I love about Boise High, uh, it was established in 1881, so about uh, seven or eight years before statehood even, and the building that I work in uh, dates from 1907. So uh, it's just got this classic uh, architecture. I can see the Capitol building from uh, my office and various places on campus. Uh, we have, it was the oldest of the five public schools uh, for many years, of course, the first and only. So just that history of academic success. And uh, we have a very strong college going culture. Uh, that's not everyone's path, but it's certainly a big one. And uh, I just really like our reputation for inclusivity and challenging academics. Uh, and so I, I want to give a shout out to my uh, teachers and administrators there as well. Uh, just couldn't be at a, a better high school, in, in my opinion. Uh, and then as far as AP goes, uh, we offer 32 courses. And last I checked in November, when I hit that final submit uh, for the first time, uh, I was sitting right at 1,799 exams. Wow. That, that is a big program. And David, I know you are not just the AP coordinator, but I have to admit, we've never really talked about anything else. Uh, We we always kind of just talk about AP. What else are you responsible for? 
Well, as far as testing goes, uh, that would be the PSAT and the SAT. Plus, you are a full-time counselor, you know, kind of as your, your side job. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the primary role, and as I mentioned, uh, kind of the switch to specifically a college and career uh, counselor, uh, helping students with their plans for post-graduation. Uh, so uh, it's really a lot of fun. Uh, it's very engaging work, uh, whether they're looking at a two- or four-year college, public, private, in-state, out-of-state, maybe a tech or trade school, some sort of apprenticeship. Uh, We have students that are looking at the military or even a service academy. Uh, Some students uh, want to take a gap year or go straight to the world of work. So my job is really providing um, access and resources and ideas and supporting all the things uh, about life after uh, graduation. So it's really positive and fun and rewarding. So... It would seem fair to say that you are you are juggling multiple hats all year long. That's correct. There's always something to do, for sure. So no matter what time of the school year, uh, we've got our duties and roles uh, pretty well laid out for us. That's a perfect segue, because that, that leads me into my next question. I'd, I'd like to talk about how your school year normally flows. But uh, as we know... Yeah, this is anything but a normal school year. (laughs) Right. So what is going on at your school? How has coronavirus impacted your students and and how has it impacted you? I guess by that I mean what adjustments have you made specific to your role as as testing coordinator? Well, I will mention that uh, we started the school year back in August uh, 100% virtual. Uh, we brought students back in uh, for about three or four weeks uh, on a hybrid model, and uh, we are actually, after Thanksgiving break here, uh, going back to virtual at least through January. So that has put uh, some challenging things in the, in the mix, and uh, I really relied, again, on my AP teachers and uh, a whole variety of emails and uh, the newsletters to kind of commu- communicate the information about AP joint codes and so forth. So uh a particular challenge has been there's been uh, there's three sets of different online options for students, uh, including AP courses. So kind of wrangling all that and making sure they're signed up as well. Yeah, for sure. So just like David, like schools in my region um, really have a wide variety of instruction that they're providing their students. We've got some that are fully in person. Then we have some schools that are hybrids. So their kids are in person, then they have some students that are remote learners. Then some campuses have actually had to go into full remote instruction because of campus closures. Um, So really, we're trying to make sure and provide that support for all of those different scenarios. You know, those testing coordinators have been absolutely fabulous Um, The teachers have worked so hard. Administrators are doing what's best for students and connecting them with them in ways that we didn't really do before. I mean, we didn't have like Zoom meetings and Google meets and, you know, the phone calls and the emails. I mean, like really connecting and trying to make them part of their school and make sure they're well-informed. Like, what classes are you going to take? What exams for AP do you need to make sure that um, we get you registered for? So, I mean, they're doing great and trying to, you know, provide that support. Hey, here's an idea to get this information out to them. 
um, has definitely been a challenge, but our teachers and our AP coordinators, our testing coordinators are doing a great job with that. Well, if we could take a moment, I'd like to take us back and fondly recall what a normal, I'm using air quotes here, what a normal school year looks like. Can can you two please take me through a normal school year? I, I sort of want to know how all the testing and all this wearing of multiple hats, how does it all fit together? Uh, so let's start with the start of school, uh, the fall. What does the fall look like for you? What's happening then? So David, I'll uh, go first on this one. So thinking back to what a normal school year does look like, you know, we do have to remember a little bit. Uh, so really at the very beginning of the school year, we're getting ready, ready for setting up AP registration and ordering. We want to make sure that when the teachers walk through the door, everything is lined up. When students walk through the door, they're ready to go with their teachers. And so getting all of that set up ready to go. Adding in the professional development for teachers, for staff, for administrators, so that we're all on the same page. And that way we can provide that best instruction and information for those students. Then we finally make it to October. October seems to be a very busy month. Uh, you've got PSAT for 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th graders uh, trying to do that. Um, in Texas, we also administer what's called the TSIA. It's through AccuPlacer, which is a college board readiness assessment as well. We do that large scale in October. And then, of course, we get to November, where we want to make sure that we order all of our AP exams um, on time before that deadline. And then somehow in the middle of all of that that's going on during those months, there's multiple trips to campuses to discuss data, working on interventions at the student level, campus level, and district level um, to make sure that we're, we're doing what's best for kids. Yeah, so I've got uh, most of that, uh, many of those things as far as AP for sure, uh, including I'm also responsible for the AP audits uh, on my site. So uh, getting new teachers uh, up and running on that, just making sure our ledger and courses uh, work well for, for the audit. And then uh, this year uh, we brought on pre-AP. So uh, we had 600 new sophomores to uh, create College Board accounts and, and join that class uh, in a typical year, I would have given the PSAT to over a thousand students in October because we test sophomores and juniors on that school day. And then, uh, as Karen mentioned, October, a uh, pretty wild month for me uh, in the college center uh, as far as uh, setting up and hosting college visits. Uh, a lot of early action and early decision uh, applications uh, going out. Uh, we have something called College Application Week, uh, and then I host FAFSA and financial aid nights. Uh, and then I'm in charge of a national college fair, uh, hosting that in Boise uh, at the end of the month. So I typically say if I get through November 1st, uh, I'm in pretty good shape uh, for the rest of the school year. <laughs> my gosh, my my head is spinning just thinking about all these things that, that you are both doing in the fall. I'm going to take a deep breath and and then assume, and maybe assuming is a bad idea, do I assume correctly that winter winter is pretty quiet? 
Oh, no, Derek. I mean, I'm glad that that's like the joke of the day for me, that winter is quiet. Winter is nothing quiet. Uh, there, in the state of Texas, we have statewide testing in December. Uh, so actually, some of the fall is prepped for that. And then we administer those um, about a couple of weeks before we even go on the holiday break. Um, but really, a lot of the winter is prepping for the spring, making sure everything is in line, communication is there, start planning ahead, reserving things, talking to people. Um, but of course, there's always attending trainings, there's always providing trainings, and then, of course, there's always visiting campuses for a multitude of needs. Yeah, and again, uh, same for me. Winter's pretty busy with uh, the next kind of big deadlines, December 1st, December 15th, January 1. Uh, I do take a slight break and uh, am able to look at AP. Uh, so kind of in a normal school year, this is when I'm also starting to line up uh, my proctors, uh, looking at the testing room situation. We use the gym, so there's a lot of details uh, with that. Uh, check my recording equipment um, because of the three languages and the music theory. Uh, speaking of testing sites, uh, one year I had to uh, rent out a hotel ballroom and kind of get that going and, and at least thought through. But another this year we'll be doing the PSAT in January for 600 students uh, because of the, the different scheduling. And then um, I also am gearing up, although it's pretty straightforward, to set up the second semester AP sections and join codes. That's a good reminder. I forgot about that. So students who are in second semester only AP courses, they they might still need to enroll for their into their second semester class sections and potentially have an AP exam ordered for them. Right. So I'll probably have uh, six to eight sections that I set up, uh, give the join codes out uh, for sure. I also set an earlier deadline, uh, February for me, uh, just to make sure that I meet the March uh Criteria, And then, of course, there's also that ongoing maintenance and, and cleanup of the original order, uh, adding, dropping, transferring students, and just making it th sure that the exam order is in pretty good shape uh, by March. And we want to make sure that it is March 12th to be exact for that deadline. <laughs> thank you. Yes thank, yes, thank you for the clarification, Karen. All right, so that's the winter. Uh, David... May I ask about your spring? Do I dare ask about your spring? Okay, well, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, moving into kind of college acceptances, uh, another SAT, this time for the juniors. Um, kind of scholarships and financial aid awards are coming out. Uh, I'm doing a lot of transcripts. And then kind of on the college going, uh, my focus pivots towards the juniors, and uh, we host a spring college fair. And then... Uh, for AP, this is kind of when uh, the fees kick in. Uh, I'm very lucky that uh, in Idaho, students' AP exams are taken care of by the state, but that requires a whole other uh, set of spreadsheets and uh, confirmation, kind of reconciling the fee structure and the payment uh, part as far as what they signed up for in registration ordering and what the state will be uh, covering. So that's a big part of, of that. And then all the fun stuff that happens with uh, seniors and graduation and so forth. Yeah, I agree with David. It is by far the busiest time of year. You know, and I really think it is great that we get to order our AP exams like in the fall. So that's something that we don't have to do in the spring. 
I actually had students pay for their AP exams in the fall as well, so I did not have to do any of those pieces either. Um, but in the state of Texas, we do test students um, during the spring for their statewide testing. We've got two different vendors, three different types of testing that really starts in February, and it does not end until the end of May. Um, and we do testing almost every single week at, for something in that. So it's definitely busy, certainly has some challenges you know, with your organization has to be aligned and ready to go. So you really do have to plan ahead. Um, I do believe I drank a lot more coffee during the spring semester <laughs> than any other time of the year. That's great. Thanks for sharing all that, Karen. And in just a minute, we're going to talk more with David and Karen uh, about planning ahead. So let's dig deeper, even deeper, and find out what these two experts have to say about staying organized and, well, coordinated. So stay right where you are. We'll be right back after this important note that is near and dear to both David and Karen, uh, both former math teachers. So let's hear a pro tip about AP calculus. Hey, fellow AP coordinators, this is Kristen Cacase, AP coordinator at Santa Lucia's Community High School in South Florida. At my school, and I'm sure at many others, it's really not uncommon to have a few special requests from students, especially those in AP Calculus. For my AP Calc students, though, these requests seem to always come in after I've already submitted my exam order. For example... I have a student named David who is currently in AP Calc BC. Despite being a strong student in math, it's, it's really not his favorite subject. After speaking with his teacher and getting support from his parents, David thinks he'd rather take the AP Calc AB exam and not BC. The only thing is I've already ordered his BC exam and we're past that final ordering deadline. Likewise, I have a, another example of a student named Karen. She loves math. Like she is amazing in her AP Calc AB course and loves her teacher. So she's really not interested in changing courses. However, after consulting with her parents and her teacher, she believes she is ready to take on the challenge and the extra prep of studying to prepare for the Calculus BC exam. As her AP coordinator, I was thrilled and I admire her academic goals. The only thing was I already submitted her exam order for a Calculus AB exam. While some may think these two situations are a challenge, there is actually great news. Along with AP Art and Design, AP Calculus is the only course for which we can switch an exam for a student after the November 13th deadline without incurring a late fee. That means I can fulfill these requests. I can switch a student's exam order from AB to BC or BC to AB with no late fee. This is so awesome, let me say it again. No late order fee for AP Calculus if the original exam was ordered on time. Just make sure the update is made and submitted by the March 12th deadline. 
For step-by-step instructions, I highly encourage you to check out the AP Coordinator's Manual, Part 1, pages 88 and 89. Good luck, everyone, and remember to stay safe. Period 3. Coordinated. David and Karen, this is a question for, for both of you. As you move throughout the school year from one testing date to the next, is there a common theme in terms of your preparation for each each test, each project? And I guess by that I mean, despite all the different exams, are there any lessons that you carry from one to the other? Oh, I will go first on this one, Derek. I really think carrying from one to the other, I cannot say it enough, is communication. <laughs> communication and communication with everybody. Also, do not ever be afraid to what I call beg, borrow, and steal. If someone (laughs) has a great idea, a great presentation, and you want to steal it and make it your own so you're not starting from scratch, then by all means, certainly do that. So at the end of the day, we want what is best for our students. Yeah, and I think just in a little different realm, in addition to the calendars and the to-do lists that we all love and enjoy uh, crossing things off and setting things up, uh, something we probably don't talk about quite as much uh, involves kind of self-care. And I just notice from project to project, uh, month to month, depending on what's happening, uh, that can kind of get away from us. So uh, I'm a huge believer in making sure you pay attention to kind of that uh, work-life balance, uh, stress management, uh, setting boundaries. And so throughout those testing months, uh, whether it's going on a run or uh, taking your dog for a walk, yoga, uh, gardening, painting, meditation, you name it. Uh, I think the coordinator is at their best uh, when you've got rest and uh, good nutrition and uh, good support around. So, you know, particularly in May, uh, that might slip by the wayside, but it's just even more important. So self-care and uh, boundaries are are still very, very much part of that schedule. And also uh, just taking a minute to celebrate success uh, seems like kind of gets you onto the next project for sure. That is great advice. Thank you for sharing that, David. I need to be more mindful of that myself. Karen, when you are uh, when you are preparing for AP exams in May, which David just talked about, May is is pretty crazy. What's one thing that mm, you know sneaks up on you? you know, something that always takes a little longer than you think it will. Every year, what typically takes a little bit longer is planning for the SSD accommodations for those AP Mm, testers. Right. That is a double, triple, quadruple check. (laughs) Lots of conversations. You know, I was the also the SSD coordinator. So going in and making sure that the decisions made by College Board were the ones that I had listed, everyone was in the right rooms, proctors were trained with those accommodations, all materials that were applicable were provided. So all of that does take a little bit more time, but I really wanted to make sure those students had the right accommodations that they needed and the test administrators and proctors were on point and were very comfortable with providing those accommodations. Yeah, I think I was going to say the exact same thing. So uh, I'm also the SSD uh, coordinator, and 
for sure, uh, that is a really important role and something to pay particular attention to, as Karen outlined very well, uh, just organizing the rooms and the proctors, uh, printing those documents, the NARs out ahead of time and making sure those are in good shape. I try to, it doesn't always work out, but even meet with uh, students individually uh, just to remind them where they will be testing uh, because it's in a different location and kind of what to expect on the timing and so forth. But yeah, that's, that's a pretty big project. Okay, well, let's finish up with a, uh, a funny story. So how about, let's see, what can I ask here? What's the wackiest thing that's ever happened during AP exams? Well, uh, certainly memorable was the time that the fire alarm went off uh, during the Spanish language exam. Uh, so, yeah, that IR report was was pretty intense. <laughs> and uh, I think a one more quick one, uh, when I had a sealed box of AP exams uh, stuck, it's hard to explain how that happened, but I don't know for sure. Uh, it was stuck in a locked drawer in a cabinet. And boy, I had to really uh, panic and think of a lot of different skills, uh, kind of MacGyvered my way in there and uh, to get those <laughs> loose. That's taking exam security to a whole new level, David. Thank you. Karen, how about you? What's the uh, what's a wacky what's a wacky story that you can tell us about AP exams? You know, Derek, I'm not quite sure it's a wacky story, but I was very uh, strict in my communication with my students um, when we used to test. Not at our district, we would bus students to another location for their testing. They were required to be there very early in the morning. The bus would leave when I said it was going to leave, and so we had left. And about a couple minutes later, I get this phone call from this assistant principal and goes, um, I have a student of yours that needs to take a test that's still here at school. I'm like, well, they missed the bus. Testing starts at this time. And he goes, well, can I drive the student there? And I'm like, certainly, (laughs) but they have to be there by this time or I'm not going to let the student in. And so lo and behold, I get everybody off the bus. We're, we're, you know, making sure everyone's where they're supposed to be. And lo and behold, here comes the assistant principal in the car. The kid jumps out of the car and like runs into the building. And I'm like, okay, you're fine. Like you got here in time. Uh, I knew they would cause it wasn't very far, but it was certainly the, you know, the panic looked on the student. I'm like, you're fine. You're going to be able to take your AP exam today. I'm so glad that you made it here. Oh my gosh. That's a great story. Everyone's chipping in to make sure students, Get to their exams on time, even administration. That's that's great. All right. Team effort. All right. Well, speaking of this team today, you you both have been so amazing. This has been a really great conversation. We appreciate you spending some time with us and sharing some of your, your great tips and, uh, of course, a few funny stories. Thank you for having me here today, Derek. It has been great, and I'm so excited to be able to connect with so many AP coordinators. Yeah, I really uh, appreciated the acknowledgement that you uh, bring to the table uh, for the different roles that we carry. And uh, it was really fun, uh, Karen, to visit with you about wearing and sharing some of the same hats today as well. All right, you two, funny stories aside, you know, we do like to finish our show on a serious note. Karen Maton, David Sheehy, what does being an AP coordinator mean to you? Derek, for me, it is seeing and hearing the wonderful stories from students that have worked so hard all year long in their AP classes, 
They take their AP exams and they earn that college credit that they do not have to worry about once they graduate high school. They are so excited. Parents have sent emails and really kind of seeing that and helping students out with that has been fabulous. All the the blood, the sweat, and the tears and stress during the year uh, was all worth the while. Yeah, and I think that I just kind of keep coming back to that uh, advocacy, advocate role, uh, probably why most of us went into teaching, administration, counseling to begin with, uh, kind of working with students where they are and just that sense of accomplishment and growth. Uh, you know, we provide support, uh, resources, um, encouragement uh, along the way. Uh, we may not know all the answers, but we certainly can find them and uh, help students with their goals. And uh, certainly AP fits right in that mold. Uh, I just think it's such a powerful and interesting program that uh, proves whether they even take the exams or not, being uh, in those courses and getting ready for college or life uh, is, is so valuable. And so probably owing to maybe where I am in my career, I kind of start these conversations about uh, purpose and uh, gratitude and making a difference. And I certainly feel like the AP program uh, fits those to a T. So uh, I, th I think that the coordinators have a huge responsibility and a fun role and definitely a positive impact on our students and families moving forward. At Boise High School, on any testing day, David's imprint can be found in nearly every nook and cranny on campus. It's a big AP program, and the results speak for themselves. In the 17 years since he started as AP coordinator, David's program has approximately doubled in size. It now stands at 32 different AP subjects and is closing in on nearly 2,000 AP exams each year. And Karen's scope of influence? Well, it covers a lot of square miles in Central Texas. In total, she helps to support 76 public schools, 10 charter schools, and 22 private schools. Her experience at the school and district level has prepared her well for this latest opportunity. We are excited to hear about the positive impact and success in Region 12 for years to come. AP coordinators, wearing multiple hats, changing every season, sometimes changing every day. Amazing AP coordinators, combined with great AP teachers and school administration, making a difference. Look no further than Boise, Idaho or Central Texas to see what model AP programs look like. It's there and many other places we see what it means to be coordinated. Thank you for listening to Coordinated. Our executive producer is Bill Lankenau with assistance from Tierra Pinto. Special thanks to AP coordinator Leslie Ladd for her class period announcements. AP Art and Design student Amy O for her amazing artwork, and former AP Music Theory student Jackie Ray. Our theme music, It's Good as Gold. 
Coordinated is written, recorded, designed, and produced by myself, Derek Kometa. Thanks to Jim Cluley, Terry Redekin, and all my colleagues at the College Board for allowing me to connect with my favorite people in all of education. Please do not miss an episode. Subscribe to Coordinated and share it with your colleagues in education. And if so inclined, please rate and write a review as well. Your feedback is important to us. Just like an AP exam, we'd love to earn A5. For more information, please visit collegeboard.org slash AP coordinator training. That's one word, collegeboard.org slash AP coordinator training. And AP coordinators, the lyrics say it all. You are 100% good as gold. Good is gold